0: Good morning, everyone. Thanks for responding. Kids don't do that for me. My name is Elizabeth Wilkes, and I am the children's director here at E3, and I have the privilege of worshiping and sharing with you guys today. This is the third week of our series, Practice Makes Permanent, where we've been taking a look at some of the things that we practice here at E3. We practice sacraments like baptism and communion because they help us remember who we are as a church and as individuals who want to follow Jesus. Today, we're going to be celebrating child dedications. And if you look around, you'll notice that all ages are worshiping together this morning. Now, this is a little tricky because we all relate to God differently, right? I know adults, you wish that you could have snacks every week, but normally we reserve them for E3 kids because we want to create spaces for everybody based on their age and stage of life. So across the parking lot, um, we try our best to create a fun and engaging experience for our kids um, where they can exercise their sense of wonder and explore things about themselves and about God. For our middle schoolers, they participate in musical worship here with us, um, but then on most Sundays they are dismissed so that they can have interaction with their peers and their leaders. Then our high school students, they participate in Sunday worship gatherings with the adults, but then they meet on Wednesday nights, much like our adults meet in growth groups. And this gives them the experience of being a part of the community, being part of that all-in community with our church So that hopefully one day, if they go out from here, they're able to experience being in a community of their own. For our adults, we have worship gatherings, growth groups, and service opportunities. And the vision is for every generation to have friends and to be able to learn about God in their specific phase of life, whether they are a kindergartner or a college student or a grandma. So, we do these things because they become a part of who we are. But we're not just a church made up of all of these separate groups of people. At the same time, we are one church. We are one family. And when we make room for all of these generations in one space, I believe that something very special happens. We are coming together as God's children to worship to grow and to experience God as one family now uh, something that is really important in my family is music um, and I've brought my guitar to share with you guys this morning um, my guitar is very special to me uh, my parents gave this to me I got my first guitar When I was, like, 15 or 16, and then when I was, like, in my, like, 25 or something, I got a little bit nicer of a guitar. Now, it's very important to my family because, like, my parents met playing music in church a long time ago. So it's always been important to us. And me and my brother and my sister, we all grew up around them playing the guitar, around the house, and I would be sleeping up in my bed and I could hear my brother across the hall playing the guitar, my dad downstairs playing the guitar. So it was something that we would all do together, and it was really an important part of our family's identity, and it still is. One thing that we would do We still do this sometimes. We would write these just really silly songs about anything. And the first song that I remember learning was a song that my parents made up to help me learn how to spell my name. Uh, So it's actually my name song, Okay. So my name is Elizabeth. Who thinks they can spell that? Let's see. Let's see. All right, you want to spell Elizabeth for me? Go ahead. It was very close. It was very close. Some people actually spell Elizabeth that way. He spelled it with an S and not a Z. All right, go ahead. Very good. Very good. Who here knows how to spell their name? (laughs) (laughs) Sophia, you can spell your name? How do you spell it? S-O-P-H-I-A. Yes. All right. How about back here? How do you spell your name? Who is that? Oh. I do remember you. Hi. Hi. I'm so glad you're here this morning. Thank you. All right. Sophia, you did a great job spelling your name, but You got six letters. Like, I had nine letters in my name, so it was really hard to learn how to spell that. So that's why my parents wrote me a song to learn how to spell it. Do you guys, would you like to hear the song? All right. So it's a little embarrassing, so I'm definitely going to need all of you guys to help me. Um, It's kind of bluesy, so you got to, like, feel it, okay? And I got to use my bluesy voice to sing it. So if you want to get in on it, you can snap your fingers. If you can't snap your fingers, you can clap your hands. Now, I'm going to tell you at the 9 a.m. I didn't expect this, but they started singing along with me. So, I mean, you got a lot to live up to. Here we go. It goes E-L-I-D-A-B-E-T-H, Elizabeth. E-L-I-D-A-B-E-T-H. Elizabeth. A-B-E-T-H, Elizabeth. It's not done yet. It goes, I ain't Liz and I ain't Beth. My only name is Elizabeth. It's still not done. Ask me again and I'll tell you the same. Elizabeth, that's my name. Yes. You guys sounded great. Uh shout out to my parents for making that happen. They're not here this morning, but they were at the 9:00 a.m. All right. So, uh so it, it's pretty hard to spell your name, right? So it was important that I learned that. It sounds silly, but names are really important, right? Raise your hand if um you were named after somebody. Anybody? couple of people? Okay, some of you? A lot of you. All right. Raise your hand if you know what your name means. Ooh, Dan, what does your name mean? God is my... Oh, that was intense. (laughs) I appreciate you sharing. I think I'm going to use a different example, though. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Now, just because... (laughs) just because your name means something, does that automatically mean that you're going to live up to that name? Does it? Like, let's say your name means courage. Does that automatically mean that you're going to be courageous? No, you still have to do courageous things, right? Otherwise, it would just be a name. So... Let's pretend that my friend JT over here came up to me on a Sunday morning and he goes, Hey, Miss Elizabeth, uh, I have decided to change my name. It is now Spider-Man. And I said, well, all right, JT, let's go outside. You see that building over there? I want to see you shoot a web over to Game Street Pies, fly across this parking lot. Could you do that? No, definitely not. Like, just because you change your name to Spider-Man doesn't actually mean you're Spider-Man. I'd be like, I'm really sorry. You can pretend to be Spider-Man. But even if you really, really want to be him, you're not Spider-Man unless you do the things that Spider-Man does. In order for something to be real, we can't just say that it's real. We have to do the things that make it real. That's what we've been talking about for the past few weeks. When we talk about practice, we're talking about the things that we do that help us remember who we are. And today, we're talking about the practice of child dedication. Can any of you guys tell me what the word dedication means? Nobody, not a single person, child or adult, answered this for me at the nine. (laughs) Commitment surrender Commitment's good surrenders good. Yes the things that that you do the things that you believe in that you pledge your allegiance to Right. That's what dedication means and it's sort of a funny word because it can either be a noun or a verb so a noun Miss Maribel will tell me if they've changed the definition of a noun since I was in elementary school. A noun is a person, place, or a thing, right? And a verb is something that we do. It's an action word. What's interesting is the word practice is the same way. It's a noun if I say I'm going to soccer practice, but it's a verb if I say I'm going to practice soccer our actions have to match the things that we say we do otherwise we're just pretending i want us today to lean into the verb part of these words the action part because we're talking about action and the things That we do. If we can't do both of them, then we're just pretending. When we practice things, our body and our mind and our heart remember those things and they become a part of who we are. Dedication and practice are related because we need both of them for something to be real. And our text today has examples from some different people who were dedicated to things and practiced them. So we're gonna start in Luke chapter two and this is when Jesus is presented in the temple. Now, this is a little different than the child dedications that we're gonna do here today, but I still feel like we can learn a lot from this story. Starting in verse 22, it says, "'When the time came for their ritual cleansing, "'in accordance with the law from Moses, "'they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem "'to present him to the Lord. It is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord. They offered a sacrifice in keeping with what's stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So this is when Mary and Joseph, Jesus' parents, presented baby Jesus to God in the temple at Jerusalem. Remember, the temple is like a church. It's what they called their church, okay? Okay. So that's what's going on. But Mary and Joseph were not the only people there. We're going to keep reading. In 25 it says, A man named Simeon was in Jerusalem. He was righteous and devout. He eagerly anticipated the restoration of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. The Holy Spirit revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Led by the Spirit, he went into the temple area. Meanwhile, Jesus' parents brought the child to the temple so that they could do what was customary under the law. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God. God's people had been waiting a long, long time for Jesus because just like God had saved them in the Exodus From Egypt he was going to send a Savior for all people and this guy Simeon had a promise from God that before he died he would get to see the Messiah that they had all been waiting for so it was very very special that he got to be there when Jesus was presented another person was there as well picking up in verse 36 it says there was also a prophet Anna who belonged to the tribe of Asher. She was very old. After she married, she lived with her husband for seven years. She was now an 84-year-old widow. She never left the temple area, but worshipped God with fasting and prayer night and day. She approached at that very moment and began to praise God and to speak about Jesus to everyone who was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So this lady, Anna... This translation says a prophet, but she's a prophetess. And I like that word better because it sounds really cool. She's a prophetess. Okay? All right. This means that she would tell people the truth about God. Anna spent all of her time in the temple praying and worshiping God. She was paying attention. And so she could tell that something really special was happening when Mary and Joseph were here presenting Jesus now if we look at this through the lens of dedication and practice there are some really neat things happening in this story every person has specific things that they are dedicated to and they practice them so mary and joseph they're dedicated to obedience and sacrifice they practice their obedience by following these established laws There was a timeline of events that had to happen after Jesus was born for Mary to be clean. And then when they presented Jesus in the temple, this was in obedience to a law from Exodus where the firstborn son of families had to be presented or given back to God in exchange for what he had done for them. And think about the sacrifices that Mary and Joseph made. First of all, there were physical resources. How do you think they got to Jerusalem? pair of these bad boys, red Flintstones, walked. I'm sure they probably walked, and it was probably a long way. They didn't have a lot of money either, because traditionally somebody would present a lamb at this type of sacrifice. Because it says they presented turtle doves or the pigeons, that's because they couldn't afford the lamb. The turtle doves or the pigeons were less expensive. So they definitely were sacrificing physical resources. But Mary and Joseph also sacrificed their family and their future. They were engaged to be married when they found out they were going to have Jesus, right? I feel like they probably had other plans. The whole trajectory of their life changed, yet they stayed dedicated to obedience and sacrifice. How about Simeon? He had this amazing promise that he would see Jesus in his lifetime. Who here likes waiting? What's it like if you're waiting for like Christmas or your birthday, your Amazon package because you can't afford Prime? Guys, I get really mad like when that little loading error comes up on YouTube. That little loading arrow thing, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been waiting forever. Simeon was waiting on a promise so much better than all of those things, and he was waiting for a really long time. He was ready, he was ready for this promise to be fulfilled. So he praised God and blessed the baby Jesus because of his dedication to waiting and to promise. Anna's husband died after only seven years of marriage. Now that's a major loss. I want to let you guys know that several other translations say that she was advanced in years. That just means she was very old. So she... (laughs) was in the temple after the time when her husband died. She, she dedicated her life to being in the temple, worshiping and praying. She spent all of that time dedicating herself to God. So she was in tune, she was present with what was happening at that moment so that she was able to see something special is happening here right now. That's because of her dedication to practicing worship and prayer. All of these perspectives intersect during this powerful moment where Jesus is presented in the temple. And I want us to think about that today as we prepare to celebrate child dedications. We are coming together across generations, each with our own experiences, the things that we are dedicated to, and the things that we practice. We're coming alongside of this family as they praise God for this child and as they commit to doing their best to raise this child to love God and to follow Jesus. And before I welcome our family up, I wanna challenge you to ask yourself these questions. What am I dedicated to? Obedience, sacrifice, waiting, promise worship prayer if any of these things jump out at you hold on to them how am I practicing these things dedication and practice are not just nouns remember they are also verbs we have to do things to make them real Keep these things in mind over the next few minutes as we celebrate child dedication with this family. And now, without further ado, I want you to join me in welcoming up Miss Holly Joy Sober and her family. All right, yay. Now, as part of preparation, Yay! As part of preparation for child dedications, families are asked to think about and pray about who they want their child to be. So I'm going to have you guys introduce your family for us now and tell us a few words about the person that you want Holly to become.
1: Yeah, Um, I'm Caleb, this is my wife Megan. This is our daughter Hazel Bell and this is the newest addition, this is Holly Joy. Um, and family is something that's very important to us, to Megan and I, and her name is actually a combination of both of our mother's names. Um, so my mom's name is Holly, and Megan's mom's name is Joy. And uh, it's interesting, because when we're thinking of names, it's, uh, it came up really quickly, and it was very different. It wasn't like we were mulling over them for a long time. It's like we came to holly joy and then was like that's her name it's like her name chose her and we didn't even really have to worry about it it was it was just kind of a different experience for us um and as we think about who we want her to be as she grows up uh, we want her to like embody all of the strengths um and positive qualities of both of our our mothers um and i'll, I'll pass it on
2: <laughs> yeah when we were thinking about um just her bearing the names of of these two women and, and thinking about the things that we love most about these two women um, and wanting them to be huge pillars kind of in her life. Um, and uh, it, I came to start thinking about Holly, which is Caleb's mom, um, and how she worships God shamelessly. Um, and she knows no stranger. If you've ever met her, she is your best friend instantly. Um, and has this welcoming spirit. I can't remember a holiday where she did not invite someone to come and join us because they didn't have a place to go and she made a place for them. Mm. Um, And that's something that I want our Holly uh, to grow up and to have, to have this unconditionally open heart and open spirit Mm. to make a place for people who don't have a place. Um, And my mom's name is Joyce. That's where she gets her middle name. And I was thinking about... Um, a moment when... So my mom was a, a theater teacher for many years, and when when she was leaving that school, all of these past students came up and were sharing these things about her and how she impacted their life. Um, and something that many students were saying and that I've experienced as well is that she sees potential in people that sometimes they don't even see themselves um, and brings that out and gives them self-confidence. And, and, you know, in in something like theater, she would would have a shy student in class who who didn't think that they could do it, and she would say, yes, you can, and she would put them on stage, um, and they would grow to become something that they didn't even know that they could be, but she saw that in them before they saw it in themselves. Um, and so this is something that we want our, our little one to have, is to see people for, for the best that they can be and to encourage them to become that, um, to inspire people to become the best that they can be because... Um, sometimes it just takes somebody saying you can do it to become that. Um, and so I know she's teething right now, so she's drooling all over my arm. <laughs> awesome. And awesome. Uh, but those are, those are the things kind of that we want her to, to grow to become in bearing these names of, of these two wonderful women.
0: Awesome. Thank you guys for sharing.
2: Hazel, uh, Hazel wants her to be a firefighter. That was her Oh, okay. Is that what you want, <laughs> Hazel?
0: Sounds good. All right. So <laughs> thank you guys so much for sharing with us. Now that you guys have have shared that, like for one thing, you're accountable to this community because you've shared with us the things that you hope for your children, for your child, for Holly. And community, this presents us with an opportunity because now we know how we can pray for and partner with Megan and Caleb, Hazel and Holly. Now we're going to go through some affirmations together. So Megan and Caleb, you guys are first. You have the most influence over who your child will become. Remember that as you affirm these statements. I'm going to read them to you, and you can just respond. We do. Do you receive this child with gratitude as God's gift to you and to your family?
1: We do. Do you want to see on the
0: microphone? Either way. Sure. <laughs> We're loud enough. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we okay. Do. <laughs> do you commit to create a stable environment in which your child can mature? We do. Do you commit? Can you can do it too, <laughs> Do you commit to your own personal faith, recognizing your child is more likely to follow God's path by the model they first observe in you? We do. Do you commit to lead a faith-filled home that honors God in all your relationships and in the choices you make in spiritually growing your family? We do. Do you commit to model patience, recognizing that your children? Your desire to shape your child is a loving act that will require time, prayer, and God. We do. Great. E3 community, it's now our turn. Um, I'm going to read a statement, and then we can all respond together. Oh, look, there's your face. Then we can all respond together with We Do. Sorry, it's really hard not to get distracted with her. Okay. So E3 community, do you promise to accept accept the responsibility of praying for this child, supporting and encouraging her family. You do. Excellent. Holly, because Jesus said, Let the children come to me, we present you to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's read this blessing now all together. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And be gracious to you the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace amen let's pray for this family gracious God giver of all life may your blessing be and remain upon this child keep her always in your love that she may grow wise and whole lead her to personal faith in Jesus Christ and to be Christ's faithful disciple throughout her life We pray for this family to know you in such a way that they love with your love, teach with your truth, and are signs of your kingdom for their child. Amen. Thank you guys so much for letting us partner with you and your family. You can go have a seat. You did a great job. He almost had it. Okay. Verse 39 says When Mary and Joseph had completed everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to their hometown, Nazareth in Galilee. The child grew up and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. Jesus was dedicated to the will of the Father. He is our model for practice. His whole life he was doing things. He participated in the practices we've been learning about, baptism and communion. His whole life he was doing things. He healed, he taught, he loved. And near the end of his life he was still dedicated. He prayed, not my will, but yours be done. And he did it. He practiced the things that he was dedicated to. He did that. He was dedicated to the will of the Father, and he lived that out throughout his life. Jesus modeled dedication and practice. If we want to be like him, We must strive for both, because one without the other is simply incomplete. So I have a little secret for you guys. I could tell you that I'm a musician, but I'm really not. Does anyone want to guess why? I've never practiced. That's true. There's times in my life where I've like played just enough to learn to play in a few keys or I've written a few songs but I couldn't I couldn't stand up here and play with the band. I know that I would really love it. I really want to. I love music. I've got this great guitar and this strap that's really nice that goes on it. I even have a guitar chord tattooed on my arm to remind me of me and my family. I'm not a talented musician if I can't play this guitar. For us to be dedicated to things, we have to practice them. We remember them in our body and our mind and our heart. And the things that we dedicate ourselves to are the things that we practice. They're the things that we practice. When we dedicate things, when we dedicate ourselves to things and when we practice them as individuals and as a church, they become a part of who we are. Will you guys pray with me?